to Aligned Mama Podcast. We're your hosts, Samantha Kapsick and Nikki Trout. And we're partnering up because we know motherhood is hard. Like really, really hard. (laughs) Really hard. (laughs) Get ready to equip yourself with practical tips and strategies to tackle daily trials, along with insights from expert guest speakers and relatable stories from other moms just like you. Join us weekly for advice, inspiring stories, and a supportive community of moms navigating the joys and challenges of motherhood together. Welcome back, mamas. Today, we are going to do the second half of Trishonda's story, and this is where it gets good and where God comes in in the redemption part. So, um, Trishonda? Thank you, guys. I I felt a little bit guilty last time, like, because I knew I had already taken, like, an hour, but I... I, uh... I just didn't want to like rush through all the end because like you said, it really is like the best part of everything. So of that the was story. so good. Yeah. We yeah. left us on a cliffhanger. So yeah. I'm ready. <laughs> all right. So I actually, to start back up today, I brought something to share because I had talked about it and kind of opened with it the last time. And um, it was the Bible verse, you know, about Paul when he was in prison and kind of coming out of that. And he was basically telling people not to feel sorry for him. Um, I really didn't want to get it wrong because it's just such an important verse. And I mean, like literally it, this little card has been taped up by my bedside for probably uh, 12 years, maybe. I don't even know. It's been there a long time. <laughs> so uh, the actual exact verse is, <clears throat> I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole Imperial Guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. And like every time I read okay. that, like every every day, like it makes me tear up. Like it makes me emotional. It's from the book of Philippians, chapter one, verse 12 through 14. Well, I just and want to commend you on doing that because I mean, with such a rough childhood, it is so easy. And so many people, like you would have every excuse in the book to be the opposite, but like leaning into God's word and just pressing into that scripture and letting him use you for glory is just so beautiful and just so amazing. And I love that you read that every day as like a reminder to yourself. So, and what I love about you too, is it's like, okay, um, how, how do people get to know the Lord, right? If they're that far off, right? Well, it's not often by us just being like, Hey, you should try it. It's cool. You know, it's either by seeing the miraculous or having like an out-of-body experience or somebody such as yourself that you're like, no way, like mm-hmm. they're successful. And I'm, I'm not going to give away all these things, but like you, you shouldn't be where you're at. And that is such a testimony. It's so powerful, you know? Mm-hmm. And so again, that's why you're that, on here. But God stories have totally. the most impact on people. Yes. And you went through way harder things than we did. You know, it's just, again, Nikki, don't say that you have to remember. I, and I have to say this before I continue, like people should never, ever discount their testimony or their trauma or whatever their trials are. Like every single person, like our path, our journey is different. And what we encounter in terms of obstacles, negativity, adversity, whatever you want to call it, 
that's for us. And like, don't ever think that just because somebody else had it worse means that your trial wasn't a worthy trial. It wasn't something, you know what I mean? Because I think when you do that, like you actually water down your opportunity to testify to other people, like, Hey, I made it through this. Like, even if it's something really, really small, you know, it's the impact that it has on you and the possibility that somebody else, maybe that's all they've encountered. And they're like, well, it's no big deal, but they're really not facing it. Right. So like, don't do that. (laughs) No, you're, you're right too. And sometimes it makes people feel guilty. And like you said, they suppress things like, oh, who am I to like, think this is so rough, but maybe it's just so rough, even the smaller things. So you're right. Yeah. Yeah. And every season too, right? Like, I mean, I'm like, my life is definitely fantastic, but you know, we've all got like those things that just kind of get us in a grip all the time. It happens. So don't ever discount any of those experiences because somebody else has got it, you know, worse. So anyways, um, okay. So where we were, and I have to rewind a little bit from it because I know it was my freshman year of high school. And I was talking about, um, you know, the fact that I had kind of come to this point where I decided that I didn't want to be here you know, on the earth anymore. And, uh, the, uh, the very day that that happened, I actually had an opportunity to connect with this boy <laughs> that I had met in like, when I was in like sixth grade, he was in seventh grade and I saw him playing basketball and I started to have a crush on him. And then when I got into seventh grade and he was in eighth grade, I still really liked him. And I ended up asking him to a dance. So he and I went to the Halloween dance together. We were like the only people there not dressed up and we enjoyed making fun of everybody else, <laughs> even though we just like, were too cool, you know, to participate. So, but he just, um, I don't know what it was about him. I, 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 uh, I remember him just smelling so good. <laughs> I know that's crazy, but like, that's the one thing, like, I'm like the first thing that attracted me is just like, and, uh, yeah, he smelled amazing. <laughs> So yeah, my freshman year, I had an opportunity to uh, reconnect with him (laughs) and um, we were at a basketball game and we were kind of sitting close to each other and flirting the whole night. And I ended up kissing him like in front of the school. Like it was, it was seriously like something from a movie. It was so ridiculous. Um, But then I went home that night and everything was okay. And I went upstairs to bed like everybody else did. And then I went back downstairs to the kitchen like later that night and sat down with a cup of water and a big bottle of Tylenol and just started swallowing Tylenol. Like, and I I know a lot of people probably don't think Tylenol is a big deal. Like there's so many other drugs that you can take that you can overdose on or, you know, hurt yourself with, but Tylenol, and I didn't know this at the time, but Tylenol is actually super toxic. Once you hit a certain level, it will very quickly shut the liver's ability down. Like it will completely decimate the liver. And so I don't really know or remember exactly how many I took. I went back upstairs and laid down and I don't remember Sam. I feel like I already touched base on this. My mindset then like without fully remembering everything, it had to be something to the effect of like, this life is too good for me. Like I can kind of remember just thinking like I had this glimpse of how good things could be and how I could have a meaningful, healthy relationship with somebody of the opposite sex. And it was just like, that's not for you. Like you are not good enough for this life. Just be done. And, you know, that generational cycle, like, you know, what we're talking about here, not only did my mom commit suicide, but like she actually had two other brothers who committed suicide. 
So there were three kids within that generation that died traumatically, you wow. know, That's I know. Horrible. Yeah. yeah, it is awful. So at that point I was pretty well done. I laid down in bed and uh, it's just so hard to explain and describe because it was, it was literally like the turning point of my life. And, um, I know I try to tell people it was almost like there was something in my head speaking to me. Like, I don't know if I actually heard it. You know, I was, I don't know how lucid I really was. And it, this, this, like this experience, I sometimes think, is this what people feel like when they're tripping or something? <laughs> like when people talk about that, because that's, that's kind of how I remember it. And, um, like big bright lights and just like this thing from inside of me, compelling me to not do what I just did. And it was like, I'm arguing with myself, like, it's already done. Why aren't, you know, just stay here and be finished. And then the side of, no, it's not done. You can still turn it around. You can wow. turn the bus around, <laughs> you know? And it was just all of a sudden, there was just this big, get up, <laughs> go. Like, be, like I, and uh, I the could not at that point. <laughs> and I quite literally stumbled from my bedroom to go from my bedroom to my parents' bedroom. I have to go through my brother's bedroom. That's just how the house is an old farmhouse. Like a lot of bedrooms were always, you had to go through rooms to get to rooms. So I had to go through my brother's bedroom across the hallway and to my parents' door. And this is always so hard for me to talk about because literally it's the, like, it's the hardest part of my life to me. It was just, I can't believe I put my family through this. Like, that's what you have to understand. Like, and I can still remember like seeing the doctor talk to my dad a little bit. Like I've got snippets of that and him just losing it. Like, and I just can't believe that I put these people through that. Like these people that just took me and gave me every chance, you know, and it's just so hard for me still to remember and, and know that I did this to them. Um, but yeah, they pretty much told my parents like the next 24 hours will tell everything. Like we really don't know if she'll make it through the night. Like they had to pump my stomach, put charcoal in me like it was a the little bits that I can remember was terrible um but when I went to my mom's door <clears throat> I'm sorry I'm a little back and forth here just because it was just so yeah. emotional um but when I went to my parents door and I, I'm sure my mom can attest to this I I literally opened the door and I was like mom I did something really stupid that's all I could say you know and I just lost it and she was like what'd you do what'd you do and I'm trying to explain it and they go downstairs and they can see the bottle and you know, and mom knew, I think it was a brand new bottle. Cause you know, she knew right away that it was a significant amount. It wasn't anything small. And I started to get like real hazy and just mm -hmm. slurring words. And my sister came with us. I insisted. And I laid on her lap in the back seat of that car on the way to the hospital. And that was about it. Like I only remember little bits and pieces from there for the next day or two. I hope to God as a parent, like I never have to experience anything like that. Because, you know, I don't know how my parents stayed so strong. And, you know, after I got out of the hospital, you know, I went back to school. People looked at me really weird. Like, you know, it, small town, they didn't right? know everyone knew type of thing or no? Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. hundred percent. Everybody knew without a doubt. Um, nobody addressed it. Nobody said anything to me about it. But, you what, know, I knew that. What feelings knew. did that make you feel? Uh, guilty. There were actually times that I wish that like I hadn't reversed it because I just didn't want to face the reality of moving on after you've tried to die. Yeah. Um, if, you know, I think that that's an interesting thing to explore with other people that have 
you know, gone through that because going back to reality is like, it's, it's harsher than the reality you were trying to leave, you know? Mm -hmm. So at that point, you know, I'm back in high school. I'm just, I'm trying really hard to be normal again. I'm in therapy. They had me on some pharmaceuticals. By the time they figured out, obviously that Prozac wasn't a good answer. I tried a plethora of different things to help with the the bipolar that I was actually diagnosed with, not just depression. Those medicines sucked. I was on those medicines, any combination of them for, let's see, from about 15, 16 until I was 22. Um, and then I was like done and we can talk so nothing, some other time. Nothing helped. No, no I mean, nothing helped. it did, but it numbed everything. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't feel, I couldn't feel anything on a high level. You know, if I was happy, I was just oh, I'm a little happy. Or if I was like angry and like, Oh, I care a little bit. Like, but everything was just really watered down. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like life in black and white kind of. Yeah. Um, so when I went back to school, trying to get back to normal, and I did have a really good group of friends, thankfully, that came around me and loved on me. So I don't want to act like I didn't have anybody. Um, I had some really good girlfriends in my grade and a couple grades above me that just really looked out for me. And uh, that fall of my freshman year, so as I was starting my sophomore year, right? So my freshman year was done. That was when I was in the hospital. <laughs> my sophomore year started up. So I was at this party uh, with my friends and that guy from my freshman year that I kissed at the high school was there. And I asked my friends if he was seeing anybody and they said, no, he had broke up with her recently. And I was like, okay, I I don't have anything to lose then. So I, uh, I took off running across this lawn. (laughs) We were at, I'm serious. The guy's house that we were at had this huge front lawn and this big, long driveway. And he's the guy is like way across the way, sitting in a car, listening to CDs with his friend. And I did. I took off riding across the lawn. I threw open the door. I sat on his lap and I just kissed him right on the mouth. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That I, was amazing. Wow. <laughs> I, didn't, I did not say anything. I, I, you know, <laughs> I just, I let my lips do the talking. <laughs> I wonder if he was like, was he even like, who's even kissing me right now? Like, so no, it was, awful. it was, he like, his face, his eyes got like huge. And then he kissed me back. And I was like, uh, does this mean we're going out now? And he was like, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. So this is the same guy from my freshman year, you know, that same day that was just like, almost total devastation and somehow he's at this party October 9th 1999 (laughs) and yeah I just I took advantage of the opportunity and um yeah we dated through the rest of high school I struggled to make friends so thankfully I had him and his friends so um yeah it was actually it was really great it was the foundation of a really good relationship and then you know Nikki we eventually moved in together into an apartment while he was in college and met Eric. So that was good too. Eric's my husband. (laughs) (laughs) He is my brother. I'm the sister that he did not have and he knows it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So so, you guys were so close too. So you guys had such a great relationship then. 
And oh, yeah, yeah, however you want to continue the story, but it just, it, yeah, we, we looked out for each other. No doubt. Yeah. We looked out for each other and still do, you know, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, uh, Jack and I, thankfully, it's not like it was all fairy tale from there, you know, my twenties were still, still a struggle. I was still working through these concepts of like, what is my real value? You know what I mean? Yeah. I was trying to take, uh, ownership of my sexuality so I didn't always make great choices around, you know, my sexuality and, and my just, you know, my all of that, everything encompassing that whole sphere. You and it, and like so I told much you guys, to work through. Well, and it's something I still struggle with. I think that's like, honestly, it will be my most likely cross the bear for my life because of those years of just damage that was done to my psyche relative to that. Like, I know that. So I guess in the very least, I recognize that. Right. And you, um, through it all, through those years, you had this steady Eddie, you you got this beautiful family when you were younger. And then you had this guy that is the most loyal man on this earth. I mean, <laughs> is he not? Oh my gosh. He's, he really he, is. And humble and yeah. just kind. And yes. yeah. Yeah. I literally like, feel like your, your parents and him like saved your life. Like literally. I oh, mean, there's no of, doubt well, about it. Was, it. But it was God working through. It's just, I find it so ironic how God works and also how the enemy works. So the enemy knew that you guys would potentially get together and maybe have this story and you would have this guy that was just so your steady Eddie, you know, to lean on and, you know, whatever that loyalty that you never had, perhaps other than your new family you got. Um, and the night that you were going to commit to that relationship or get that started that you went to commit suicide. Isn't that crazy to think about, you know, it's like the enemy just tried to steal it all right from under your feet. And and I agree with you, but I think also there's no question that it's a direct testament of, of how God works. Yeah. I mean, there's no question about it. Like there are no coincidences, right? I mean, I was adopted by my mom's boyfriend's mom next door neighbors. And then somehow, (laughs) you know what I mean? And then this guy that, you know, I just had this attraction to in sixth grade, seventh grade, ninth grade, you know, and I I just kept coming back to him. And it's amazing that he even gave me a chance. I'm not going to lie. Like, I was a dork. Like, (laughs) I'm serious. I was in band. I played every instrument that our band could offer, but flute and trombone, self-taught, except for clarinet. Um, I was in drama. Hey, yeah. (laughs) I was in drama club and art class. I did no sports. You know, I was not popular. I didn't have a lot of money. Like, I just, in terms of the surface things, like, I didn't have... Like, you're the only one Trishonda, and you're amazing. Well, and you know, like I just said, though, I felt like I didn't have much to offer. And that's something I continue to struggle with in the early years of our relationship, (laughs) like my, my self-worth and honestly, like all the way up through having children, you know, Jack and I got married in 2008. We had a baby, um, about a year and a half after that Austin came along in 2010, I had another son in 2011 and then (laughs) another son in 2014. And now here's where things get really crazy. Again, I say no coincidences, nothing. I do not believe, I don't believe in luck. I don't believe in chance. I just don't, I don't subscribe to those ideas because I've seen too many times where you can brush that off and totally miss something glorious. (laughs) Am I right? I think you're right. (laughs) I miss the God moments when you chuck it up as coincidence or luck. It's like, no, that's God. Right. My third son, play 
So I have Austin and Dexter and then my third son, Clay. Clay was born on my biological mother's 50th birthday. Wow. I know. And not, not deep into it either. Like his due date, his due date was the day before her birthday. Wow. And he was born like, what was it like just a couple hours into that? I can't remember. I can't, people, people can rattle off their child's birth time. And I'm like, how do you do that? Like all those things I can remember. And I can never remember what time. I know, I, had all my, I, I I know why I'm telling you it's because I had those babies natural and that oxytocin is a serious drug. If you didn't <laughs> care at that point, no. he's out. And I'm that's like, all I care about. I swear. <laughs> and Clay was nine pounds, four ounces. So he was a big baby. <laughs> okay. When did you, I mean, did you, were you thinking that like, maybe he's going to be born on my mom's no. birthday? No, not at all. Because I was so like, kind of, I was a stay at home mom. Like I was just really wrapped up in life, you know? And honestly, this is cool too. So later that year, when I was working on gathering testimony for my church, I decided to try to call my uncle, my biological uncle, to get a hold of my grandpa. Okay. Cause I had a great relationship with my grandpa while my, my mom was alive and I got to see him. Like, I love that man so much. Like he was definitely a good light from my childhood that I can remember. And so I called the number that I found for my uncle and somebody answered. And I explained to him who I was and what I was looking for. I didn't know if I had the right number. (laughs) And he said, well, sweetheart, you already found me. This is your grandpa. I was like, wow. (laughs) Yeah. So that was later that year after Clay was born um, because November of the year that he he was born in April, November of that year, I gave my testimony at church October, like just prior to that. I actually got to get back together with my grandpa and I can share that. I'll try to share that picture with you, Nikki. So you can see I'm holding clay at like seven, six, seven months old. And I'm with my grandpa and my uncle Jimmy and Oh, it was so, it was so great. And then like about six months after that, I got a chance to reconnect with my mom's sister, um, Julie. Okay. And something I'll share from that meetup, um, because I was really excited about this. I had never had the chance to ask my mom why she named me Trishonda because I deal with like people like struggling to pronounce it, struggling to spell it. Oh my gosh. It's such a unique name. It's um, not Trish, unfortunately, it's Trishonda. <laughs> or Trisha. But I'm allowed to call you Trish. Trisha. I do it all the Whatever. time. Whatever. <laughs> I let you get away with it. <laughs> but yeah, so I had a chance to ask my aunt why my mom named me that. And this, this made me laugh so bad. So my mom's family uh, is from West Virginia originally. And they, <clears throat> especially my grandma, um, was pretty racist. <laughs> so my mother, out of spite, gave me an urban sounding name. Okay. Oh so it was, abs- <laughs> it was absolutely it was absolutely so special. <laughs> well, no, that was the first part. And then Aunt Julie, Aunt Julie also said that she named me that because she wanted me to be different. So she, yeah, she said, I need a different cool. name. She's gonna be different. Well, and I you and know she kind of countered the argument. No, we're not racist. Like, here you go. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's kind of beautiful. It, yeah, it kind of shows her spirit that yeah. she had. Like, but that was not okay. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That. And, you know, honestly, I found the opportunity to connect with people that I maybe may not have ever connected with simply because of the name that I have. Right. You know. Right. So, yeah, that definitely was a good thing. Um, So things have definitely, like, Well, when did you find out about her birthday? Did your grandpa tell you? Did her sister? He did. 
Yeah, I didn't. I'm sorry. I didn't finish with that. That's when I actually realized because he asked me what like, oh, when's his birthday? And I told him and he was like, he like broke down a little bit. And I was like, I started to think about it. And it clicked to me before he even said it. And I was like, and we both kind of just like looked at each other and like, just, you know, it just was there. And I was like, oh, my God, on her 50th birthday, you know, a significant one. Right. And it's something when you've lost like a parent, I feel like there are just certain points in your life that you like always think about them. And there's no question a birth date, a death date, mm-hmm. you know, they tend to come back to you. There have been significant years for me, like the year that I turned the age that my mother was when she died. Like when I turned 28, there was just something inside of me that was just like, okay, get through this year, get through this year. You're going to make it. And when I did like, and around that time was actually when I, I think I graduated college close to that or shortly thereafter. And I finished a bachelor's degree. Um, and I know this is like my stream of consciousness coming together and you're like, Hey, where is this going now? (laughs) No, you're doing good. Just keep going. Okay. So during my time in college, um, and I was working on a bachelor's degree in creative writing and literature and, Part of my senior thesis kind of starts early where they get the ball rolling on developing a business plan and a model for something that you really want to do that, you know, is like a bigger dream that you have. And it was like one night I went to bed and I woke up and I knew what it was. It was just really crazy. And I had seen like everything that it's going to be. And, um, So basically what I developed and like the dream that I carry in my heart right now and that I know I'm going to do one day because believe it or not, running a heating and air conditioning company really wasn't on the map. (laughs) Yeah, but I can see that being the segue. And you had a vision. You really, you had a vision of this, which is so, did you ever write it down or you just have it locked in? Oh no, I have a full business plan. I have a brochure. I have a logo. (laughs) Yeah. I have, I I have a a plan of how to get the financing from foundations and grants and oh yeah, trust me. What is it? uh, (laughs) It's not a heating and air conditioning company. No, I'm just like, (laughs) I do. You guys know I do that because my husband, I got to say this really quick. Okay. Cause I don't want people to think that I am doing this like, and I really don't want to do it. My husband actually got fired for the first time ever during COVID, like in the middle of COVID. I'm not going to go into details because, you know, I never know who might see this, but it was totally unfounded. And he comes home and he was supposed to have a meeting with like this person that he was having an issue with. And instead human resources and the director of operations showed up and he was let go. So he comes home and I'm like, Hey babe, how'd your meeting go? And he's like, and he smiled. He's like, they fired me. And I was like, so for two years prior to that, even before he took that job, I was trying to get him to just do his own thing. Just start your own company. We've been doing it part-time for like, uh, what was it at that point? About nine years or something like that. So we'd already been doing it part-time. And I'm like, just do it. And he wouldn't do it. So then they pulled the rug out from under him and he did it. And now we've been full-time just over three years. And I'm his CEO and president. I'm going to make you do it. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty much. And then he's like, well, you know, I can't. It's not like him to like be fired and be happy. And it was like, it is a God thing. He knew he, obviously it was unfounded, like you said, and he's a very hard worker and, and not going to share what I know about the story, 
But the fact that he came home and smiled, it is like God brought that peace on him. But that's not yes. normally him, you know? No. <laughs> <laughs> and let me tell you, so many people were like, are you guys serious? You're going to run a company together? Like, that's a surefire way to divorce. Okay. So I'll tell you, after the first two years of doing it, they were kind of right. Like, oh. <laughs> it was so hard. And obviously, you know, we're still married. Okay. Oh, yeah, but yeah. it was so hard because he and I, like when we want to talk, Nikki, opposites and Sam, you've met us both. Like we are day and night. <laughs> yes. I can second that and third that and fourth that and fifth that. <laughs> well, it's, it's a 12th. We're 12th. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> but yeah. So um, yes, we're doing that now and we're, we're definitely uh, succeeding. We have, it's just a small operation. We have another employee who I absolutely adore um, that takes care of our service side and we're that's big, a whole uh, other um, topic we won't discuss. Sure, that was yeah, a God yeah. thing, though, right? Everything yes. is a God thing. Yeah. Like that's that's all I can say, right? Yeah. Like if nothing else that anybody takes from this podcast, yeah, everything—the hard stuff, the great stuff, the the things that just, especially the things that don't make sense—they mm-hmm. are God. That's all you can say. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So we are a pillar in the community and I love it actually, you know, even though it's not necessarily my dream, um, it's my dream for now because the opportunity to help my husband and all the other skills that I've acquired through life, my ability to adapt and be flexible and change and make choices right on a snap. Oh, you guys um, so much compliment each other so much. <laughs> and he is a workhorse. You. So, oh my yeah. gosh, he's, yep. He's out in the field right now. So, <laughs> um, So yeah, my dream and what I worked on through college and I told Jack, he basically gets me for about one more decade to get this stabilized because I really believe that while my children are at home, I cannot make this successful because I'm basically going to take the same love and care, devotion, like everything that I pour into motherhood and use it for this dream. So I don't want to rob them, you know? So as, as hard as it is, I'd be patient. Yeah, I know. And that's so (laughs) wise. So, um, one day I will have a sober living farm. Um, I want it to be for women who are coming out of addiction, alcoholism, uh, abusive relationships, people who are recovering from the trauma of human trafficking. Um, all of these things that affect women and basically, Make them think that their life is over. Hmm. You know? What a beautiful way to honor your mother. And yeah, it's actually, I want to call it Camp Carolyn. So I'd like them to have a greenhouse, which Carolyn was my mother's name. I guess I've actually not said her name this whole time. Carolyn was my mother's name. Um, So I wanted to have like a greenhouse. I want them to be able to, like kind of the whole principle of it was to be able to grow something tangible while they're growing. Mm. Right. So they have an opportunity to work like, cause there's something so as much as I kill plants, there's something very therapeutic <laughs> about growing. <laughs> oh, <Trishanda. laughs> I do. They, my mom, my mom comes over like about once a month to get her hair cut. And she always checks all my plants for me. <laughs> um, But yeah, so I I just, everything about it, I want it to basically from the ground up help 
that woman recreate who she was made to be. And, and I want everything to be in-house, like from the therapies that they receive, um, exercise. Cause you guys, I love how you guys really shine a good light on physical health. Um, I'm suffering from bursitis right now and I've like not been able to get in the gym consistently and I'm dying, but I believe like there's such a value in that. Of course, nutrition, you know, cause if your brain and your body and your heart are going to work well, you've got to be well-nourished, like literally every building block, like finding an occupation, you know, contributing to society, rebuilding relationships with their children. If those have been decimated by, you know, whatever it is that they've gone through, um, rebuilding relationships with parents, with their own mothers, with, with God or whatever, like I've already decided as much as I would love, and it would be easy for me to just say it's a Christian thing. I don't want to like have people who aren't necessarily Christian, like feel like that door is closed in their face. So I've already decided, like, I want them to seek spirituality and figure out what's best for them, but it'll never stop me from sharing my own personal testimony and who I credit, you know, but I never want anybody to feel like, oh, because I'm not on that same wavelength, I can't benefit from this. So Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm definitely not going to make it a Christian thing, but Mm -hmm. for me, it is with aligned mamas. We are, we didn't have anything in the description or whatever, you know, going Christian based. And again, if, if we are to, um, help others and minister to others with what has worked for us. We always think too, um, you don't have to pound it into them. You don't even have to share anything with them. It's just, once they get to know you, they see something different. Um, they, I, in fact, had a friend come to say these, um, bell ringing and she saw all my friends, which are like, I would say very striving Christians. We're all (laughs) imperfect, of course. And she has always had so many friends in her whole life. I'll tell you her name after the podcast, Trishanda. And she literally like stopped me and she's like, I have so many friends, but they're not like your friends. So I was even tell my kids, like, if you want to share Jesus or you want to, and and it doesn't have to be imposing. You just do what you're supposed to do. Love people, be honorable, loyal, loving, all those things, just be a light. But when they do ask about the hope that you have, you be prepared. Um, so I love that. I, you're, how are we supposed to reach other people for like, Hey, Christians only. Well, and Jesus is a gentleman, so it says that he knocks at the door. So who are we as Christians to force it and shove it down people's throat when that's not even how God does it? (laughs) So my cat is pushing on the laptop right now. And if my screen all of a sudden closes, (laughs) it's her fault. (laughs) Not acceptable. (laughs) Liberty. (laughs) Um, So something I left out about um, Camp Carolyn, in addition to the women being there to like recover and heal, um, I want to help them have a springboard into like the next stage of their life when they leave the camp. And I'm not intending on putting any kind of time restrictions. Like if somebody comes and stays for a week, then it's a week. If they come and stay for three years, then it's three years. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I really want it to be completely fluid to meet the needs of whoever is fortunate enough to show up at that door, you know? <laughs> um. Anyways, so I, I maybe I should say unfortunate. I'm not sure. Like, I, I guess it's both. <laughs> sure. Um, but I want them to, and this comes back from my writing degree. Oh my gosh. I love to write. I love, love, love to write. And I just don't have time right now. You didn't happen to write papers for somebody when you guys were younger. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I had, I had three male roommates that were all, you know, they, they, yeah, they, they all struggled a little bit with their English. We'll say, and I wasn't in college, Nikki, I was just partying. So (laughs) 
Well, what's funny is that I helped my husband write his papers, but in high school. <laughs> yeah. So, well, yeah, Jack and I were partners in high school for bio two, and we had this big, huge presentation on anabolic steroids. Yeah. Let me tell you how much of that I did. And then we had to speak it too. So <laughs> I feel like I've read a paper that you wrote back in the day. So it was really good, by the way. <laughs> Well, thanks. Without your college <laughs> degree that you didn't need at the time to write that. So that was good. <laughs> right. Just no, a piece of paper. There's, there's been people that are like, I considered writing a book for Sadie's Journey. It's not in the cards. I'm going to do like a video series. But I was like, if I write a book, I know who the editor is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> Why, thank well, you. I plan Bye. on writing a book so you can be my editor. Okay, well, shut up now. No, you're all right. I would love to do that. <laughs> I do like, I'm very passionate about writing. So I would like to take my skill and let the women basically tell their story and help them tell it. And then whatever proceeds come from that, they can have, like, wow, I won't take good. any of it. That's good. So, I mean, you could use that multi-platform, like sharing stories, encourage others. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. And I, I don't know, like, I love your, I love the concept of a podcast. I've not really thought about it, but um, I'm sitting here like, you're a good speaker. Man. We think you would be great. I will come oh, set it all you. up for you. Just you pay for my way to go out there. Unless we have money, then I'll set it all up for you. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. But I do see, you know, again, it goes back to what we were talking about to take like the, the hardest parts of your life and help people. And, you know, that goes back to, again, for me, Jesus, because like the number two commandment is to love other people. And, you know, I don't think that there's any better way to love somebody than to show that you trust them and can be vulnerable and share these parts of you that speak to them and help them find some kind of peace and, and uh, relatability. So I really hope that's what somebody takes from this. Like whoever listens to it, like that's really all I want them to take from it is, you know, whatever you suffered from. And especially if it's something that you connect with in my story, remember that there are other people who also have that and you have the opportunity to actually make it a beautiful thing and not, you know, the vile, wretched, horrible thing that it could be. Yeah. So you're saying you have a choice hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Somebody walking through this, um, do you have a few things that have helped you? So maybe it wasn't the pharmaceuticals or whatever, but are there a few top things for you that have helped you and are still helping you get through prayer? I mean, I feel like some days I am in constant conversation and there's intentional times of prayer. And then there's times where I'm just like, okay, God, are you, you're probably getting like kind of tired of you because <laughs> I'm just, da, 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 da. did you hear that? Did you hear that? Are you good? Huh? How are we doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's ugh. just you. He knows you. He made you Trishonda. <laughs> but we're supposed to be in continual prayer. Yeah. It's biblical. Right. I know people yeah, think know. Oh, if you didn't sit down for five minutes before, like before you got up or before you go to bed that, oh, you didn't get the prayer in. But I'm finding a lot of my Christian peers. They're like the conversations all day long. I'm yeah. doing the chickens. I'm praying. I'm talking. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, if there's that intention of speaking to God and believing that he listens, that's all it takes. It doesn't need an amen at the end. It doesn't need to open with heavenly father. I mean, that, that that's great. And there are times and places for that, but it's not a requirement in my opinion. Like, yeah, it's like, Hey dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do that with my own father actually. <laughs> so when I, I need to. How about if somebody is walking through this, can they personally reach out to you? 100%. Are you okay with that? 
But, um, but yeah, even like when Larissa shared her story, I think she said two people have already reached out to her and that she did not know was walking through something similar. And so again, it takes one to know one. So you would be able to minister and help and just relate better than we could ever. So I think that's oh, so good. Yeah. So Trishonda is open. If you have gone through something like this, a traumatic childhood or whatever, and you think that she's your girl of like, Hey, I just want to get in touch and I need ways to help. Um, we'll get you in touch to her. So, okay. We want to end with this, um, showing up, whether you are young, a younger child, um, or in your, in your, um, current state of age, how could women in particular show up for somebody that has gone through what you've gone through? I think the very first thing that you have to do is be as transparent as you're comfortable with being. You can't show up with a filter on. If you do that, all you're really doing is showing people that it's okay to be fake, to fake it. And it's not. Like our day-to-day lives, we do so much. Um, I'm guilty of it. Like here's my story for today on Instagram. And I look so pretty and peaceful and happy. And here's my whole family picture. And we look so perfect and everything is lovely. And, you know, like I think if nothing else, I was so thankful for this podcast to have the opportunity because there are so many people that know me and do not know me. Like they don't have a clue. They think they know me, but they have no idea who I really am. And I think all of us do that and we shouldn't because we're really, honestly, we're denying people the opportunity to really appreciate who we were truly created to be, you know? So in your case, is it And I know maybe it depends on where you're at with healing and the trauma. Is it okay to talk about, can people approach you and talk to you about it? Or is that things that people, it's just a personal thing that I find with a lot of people going through hard things that they actually do want to talk about it, but nobody goes there with them. Yeah. I mean, I have no problem with it, honestly. And there have been people that I maybe am not very close to that have felt comfortable uh, you know, talking to me about different things. I'm okay with it. Like, I don't know if you can tell or not, but I mean, I'm fully at peace with everything that has happened in my past, everything that is going on in my life right now and what my future looks like. Does that mean it's all exactly the way I want it to be? No, but I have this like deep seated peace that tells me that no matter what, you know, even on my very worst days that it's still okay. Like it's all right, you know, and you just, the next day is another opportunity to do something different, to do something better. And when I screw up the next day is an opportunity to do something different, to do something better. But now when you look back, you're like, wow, aren't you, aren't you like, wow, when you actually put put the pieces together and look back? I don't know. I mean, I try to, I try to have like a good sense of humility about it all, honestly. Or well, in awe of how far you've come and what God has. I think that's what she's trying to say. No, God. Yeah. yeah. Not me. You know, because I couldn't, I mean, in my heart, like I know I couldn't have done it without him. And you know what? I really need to, this is the perfect opportunity for me to say this. Like I have to say thank you to so many people. Like I gave way, like I gave so much time to the people that hurt me through this podcast. And, you know, I couldn't give you enough time for the people who didn't, for the people who stood in my corner, who stood in faith, who prayed for me, like my, my adopted family, I have um, two older brothers and two older sisters that mean everything to me. Like I, I can't tell you how much they had to go through 
indirectly. You know what I mean? They dealt with my trauma in an indirect way. And I know like, and the way I see like how my siblings are now, I feel like it's helped them have a greater understanding for other people who are damaged goods, right? Like they look at them, I think differently than somebody who maybe never had to grow up with somebody who was going through some of these things. And so I love that. And I, and I see them actually using it as I know they do. I know they use it as an opportunity to connect better with other people. I'm certain of it. Um, and my parents, like uh, Leo and Michelle, the, I, I would not be alive without them. Like without a mom that gave me the understanding that she really was there for me, that she was not going anywhere. Because when I say I tested these people, oh my God, <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. Like I put them through so much and it wasn't intentional. I mean, I did it, you know, and I made choices. But it was just, I, and I do, I think I was just testing, like, you're going to go away too. Like everybody else. My mom said, I absolutely said that. Why aren't you leaving? You know, I did the same thing to my husband. I do the same thing to friends. Unfortunately, I've lost friends in those tests where, you know, I have a manic episode and I go totally berserk and I go off the deep end and blame them for something that they didn't even do. Like, and, you know, unfortunately there are only some people can handle that and it's okay. I don't hold it against anybody that does leave. I know I am a lot. (laughs) Yeah. You're so beautiful. You're so fun. Like I wanted to interject one thing and I was saving it for the end, which, you know, not that, uh, and I know you, you probably don't even share what you did, but during Sadie's situation, um, Jack and Trish, um, you know, have been blessed in this business and they, they're such hard workers and doing so well. Um, during Sadie's situation, Sadie had cancer, lots of medical bills and all kinds of things. So, um, at one point they came to us and I forget the order of it. They gave us a significant amount of money the first time so much so that I was just like, I just, I don't even understand how you can be that generous. And then it happened about a year later and they, um, came and I think they got, I don't know if you mind me sharing this, but they got some uh, money said so they were blessed in, in the family and got a little chunk of money. And they said, well, we don't even know. We don't need all of this. And here you go. And he, they're the ones that are like, oh, we're going to shop here. Cause it's cheaper. Like they're, they, they're very good with their money. <laughs> you are. And, but I remember one of those times looking you in the eye and it was like, it was like, it was like, God was looking at me like, see, it was like you, you like, just, I don't, it was like the most beautiful, it I don't know. It was your testimony speaking to me. And like, it was like, how God, cause I, 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 I've known you for years and years and I didn't know you through your childhood and stuff, but to see where God has brought you guys and he's blessed you and taken you out of all these things. You're a great mom. You have three beautiful, just amazing kids, great husband, all those things. And then now you're, you're getting blessed, but not only that you're blessing other people I it in significant ways. And actually to the point of I think, I feel like we got down to like the last couple hundred dollars in our account before, like, it, like that was it. Like we, it's like we made it and we were never in debt over the bill. So I just wanted to say that not to like, and I know that was a private thing that you guys did, but that's something that a lot of people would still not do. But when I saw you the one time and you looked at me in the hallway here and I was like, I was looking at an angel and, and it was like, how Trish, you know, like. I've known you for a long time. You've been through so much and, and, and just how you've been molded. And again, it's just like, God refined us so well. 
and you're not the person I knew. And I'm not the person you knew. You probably say that too <laughs> back in the day, <laughs> but God is so good. And if you stay faithful, you say your say with your eye contact to him, just literally watch where he drops all these mics. Like just watch. Me. He's like, hold my beer. <laughs> you probably wouldn't say that, but, but it's so true. Oh, beer's pretty good. <laughs> and you brought me so much laughter. So again, it's just, it's such a beautiful thing that, you know, and I, I knew you would be so perfect for this podcast and we're very appreciative of you being on here with us. And you can have us for a women's conference. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes, we will come and we will speak and we will that would um, be rub awesome. shoulders with the women. Yes. Well, and honestly, like I definitely, I will need mentors for these women, like women who maybe haven't been through the same things, but just know, you know, that every day you wake up again and say, it's an opportunity to do something different, to do something better. You know, like, yeah, absolutely. I wasn't quite done with thank yous. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did cut you off. You're okay. You're all right. You know, I when it comes to speaking and writing, I don't know how, but I seem to be able to stay on task fairly well. My my husband, uh, perfect he is not, but he is so perfect for me. And he helped me realize that I was I was not worthless. And he does that still today. Like every day he reminds me that I am worth loving. And I'm so thankful for that. (laughs) And my children who, thanks to him, reflect a similar kind of love for me, you know, a similar, uh, even when I'm not maybe having a great mom day that, you know, they still show me just unconditional love and support and Uh, I have a story to share about my oldest um, real quick. So this is about two or three weeks ago on a Monday. We, we are, we do every sport. My, my husband coaches every season. He is coaching a sport, literally basketball and soccer, basketball, soccer. So uh, one night we were like having like an eight o'clock dinner. (laughs) You you guys know something about those, right? So like eight o'clock dinner and Jack comes home from practice and dinner's not ready. And he's like, well, I thought like dinner would be ready by now. And I had already had a horrible day. It just set me off. And I'm like in the kitchen banging pots and pans and I make dinner and I throw it on the plates and I just take off storming upstairs, slam the door like a teenage girl, throw myself on the bed and sob. I mean full sobbing, just like nobody understands that this is the worst day I've had in a really long time. And nobody gives a crap. (laughs) I was just, I was very upset. So my oldest son, who normally is very good about knocking on the door, you know, he does not knock. He opens the door and he comes into the room and he sits down on the bed next to me and he picks up my hand and holds it. And he says, mama, are you okay? And I'm just like, I'm still very angry. <laughs> I'm like, fine. And I was still just like, of course I start crying harder. Cause I'm like, this is just so sweet that he did this. And then he's like, do you need anything? Can I, can I do something for you? And I was just like, thank you, God. Thank you for letting me have <laughs> this awful day that I'm just like, I'm just hating everything right now. And my son comes in here and shows me that his dad and I are doing something right. And that all this other junk that I was really upset about really doesn't matter anyway, because this is my son. (laughs) So I had to share that. 
kids like that, you know, my boys, like they are, I really hope that after all the men that hurt me in my life, that I am helping make men that are so far the other extreme from that. And so that's a blessing right there, right? That's another taking the worst and turning it into something better, you know, making them little respectful, understanding, kind, considerate men, right? We need those, but still men. Oh my gosh, they're still such men. (laughs) Um, So I have to thank uh, those kids and Jack and my in-laws, you know, because they're just as much my parents. I met them pretty much when I was 15 also, you know, and let me say, you know, they watched me put Jack through some hard times because I was struggling so much with things and they've been so supportive in spite of that and love me just like my own parents, I swear. And I feel that way about them. Like I, it's not hard to call them mom and dad and, uh, my friends, Shout out to them. Years, I love them too. Yeah. Oh, I know. Aren't they amazing? <laughs> and their whole family, you know, my, my great grandmas and grandpas that I had the opportunity to have through them, you know, their parents were very loving and accepting and just amazing to me from day one, really. I'm fortunate. There's no question about it. Like all those things that you guys listen to me talk about, I don't even give them much thought unless I have the opportunity to share in a meaningful way because it's, yeah, this the, the life that I have right now is everything. And without all of that, I would have none of this. So I'm really okay with it. And like, you know, you're asking me, can I talk to, can people approach me about this stuff yeah because look it's okay (laughs) but yeah and thank you for you guys thank you for giving me I I haven't had the opportunity to share this like so completely in forever it's been like almost 10 years like yeah close to it so I appreciate it because it always it feels good to me you know as much as people are like "Ooh, do you feel heavy and no it just it feels like I'm I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing so (laughs) thank you and I love you for your friendship Nikki we have um how many years yeah we said it like 20 ish something a lot we were I'm gonna be 40 in January (laughs) Ah. you guys are Um, old yeah just kidding (laughs) stop that and Sam I know we just met but like uh, you were so right. Like that night at Eric's birthday party, I don't think anybody could have put a envelope between the two of us. We were like thick as, weren't we? You were like we thick were. as yeah. Like somebody's All like night. at one point. At one point, I think it was Annie. At one point, like she like took her head. It was so funny. She was sitting on the side of one of us, and she like took her head around and like stuck it in between us, and she was like. Are you guys ever going to stop talking? <laughs> well, someone asked me, they're like, so how long have you known her? When did you guys meet? And they're like, tonight. And they're like, oh, tonight? And I was yeah. like, yeah, tonight. Yeah, it was a great thing. I was <laughs> like referring you, to like Trishana, you know, we should have uh, Trishana on, you know, and all this. So she's and- like, do you know my friend? I'm like, yeah. you're, you're like, annoying. Come on. Yeah. yeah she's She's my my bestie now too (laughs) i'm offended but yeah thank you girls for for this and i have to say you know thank you to eric because he was like you know my brother through some really hard years too and i love him so much like a sibling and my best friends you know here vanessa and sabrina they like vanessa has been my friend about as long as you nikki actually you know we met when i was 19 and she has stood through me thick and thin and helped me heal in so many ways. And my bestie, Sabrina, like she's my friend here in town. And like, I know that she's the person I can count on for anything. So I have to give a shout out to her too. And uh, yeah, those are like the most important people in my life. Like, and you know, again, like I know every heartache, every 
difficult moment of my life just did something to enrich the beautiful and amazing, incredible, glorious, phenomenal parts of it that I have today. So that's so beautiful. I love it. Thank you for sharing. Okay. So before we end, we need to know the really important question here. Oh gosh. What are you having for dinner? Oh, that's not good. It's Friday. I'm not sure yet. Uh, let me think. Friday, oh my why, gosh. Why I does Friday matter? Story. Friday matters because it's the weekend and I'm trying to talk my husband into finishing the painting in the basement and I'm thinking of ordering pizza. <laughs> I was just going to say it's a perfect night for pizza. It is. Hey. And I but know yeah, you seriously. guys try to slip in date nights. You didn't never say that, but you guys are really oh, good yeah. at that. Even Typically so much one so, to two times a month, kids? it gets put in the calendar. When, I think <laughs> Ty brought it up. Mom, they do date nights all the time. And I was like, yeah, go them. <laughs> I don't know. He yeah. Like been like, talking to Dexter one day. Oh my gosh. From day one of when I, I wasn't allowed to date till I was 16, but I told you that Jack and I were going out when I was 15 and a half. So I would like go out with friends and Jack just happened to be where we were. <laughs> but when we were actually officially allowed to start dating, he literally took me on a date every single weekend. He would not eat lunch through the week, save his money from that. He worked out at Hickory Hills, like doing lawns and whatever he had to do. And he like saved all of his money. And like every weekend he would take me somewhere out to eat. Um, and like, you know, maybe to a movie, (laughs) he was, he was courting me for, and he still courts me today, thankfully. So yeah. 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 Can't say enough good things. Um, yeah. So yesterday I have a funny story about dinner. Cause you asked me. So when I try to get creative and I love like all your guys's little clips about like cook this. And so I haven't tried any of your things, but last night I'm like, you know, what sounds really good that I used to love as a kid. I want to make some chili Mac. Like it just sounded delicious. Right. So I'm like, I'm just going to wing it. I mean, it's chili, it's cheese. It's like, it's noodles. It's no big meat, like no big deal. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, like, like a box <laughs> I made a box and a half of rotini and browned some hamburger and put put some chili seasoning in it and some uh, crushed tomatoes. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it smells so good. It looks great. Blah, blah, blah. Then I take a bite and I'm like, hmm, this isn't that good. (laughs) Darn it. So I'm like trying to sell it. I'm trying to sell it to my kids and to Jack. And I'm like, hey guys, this is chili mac. It's so good. I put like Velveeta liquid chemical cheese in (laughs) it's terrible (laughs) it is so bad but I'm like just try it's good I promise and and like they're trying a bite and like um Jack's like (laughs) he literally the first thing he says is why'd you do that (laughs) (laughs) why'd you do that he's like why'd you do that he's like why are you getting creative (laughs) Thanks. Stick to the things you know, woman. I said, I know, right? And then there's so many foods I make very well, but this was not one of them. And he was like, Why did you do that? And I was like, like, It's not that bad. Supervised. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So then all my kids try it. Clay's like, Eh. He's like, I guess I'll eat it. He had like three bites and he's like, I'm done. I'm full. (laughs) And then Austin tried it and he was like, It's mid. So he ate some, it's mid and then Dexter tried it. And thankfully, cause he's such a sweetheart. He was like, Hey mm, mom, this is pretty good. Is it chill- like chili in it? And I was like, yay. Like one, one out of five isn't bad. Right. That's 20%. Some people will be really happy about that. I feel like. But yeah. So tonight yeah. I have, I have like a, 
pound and a half of leftover chili mac that's probably gonna get thrown away <laughs> and i'm gonna order pizza talk There's to annie dinners. talk to annie trout they'll help dinners. you repurpose that into 14 meals <laughs> I said I was thinking to myself like can I put this on pizza can I bake it like sometimes you gotta just take your losses (laughs) I think that's where I'm at because I feel like I already put so much money into it and it's still not good so we're just gonna have pizza Nikki what are you having for dinner I am going on a date night with my family and Eric Oh, oh, that's not a date. Well, yeah. Okay, so it is a night out at least okay. without. There kids. you go. Yes, okay. I'm having dinner out with people I love. Yeah, and I'm sure my dad will be like, "Let's order 74 appetizers," and I'm not going to complain. So <laughs> yeah. That's what we're I, yeah. Oh, your dad is the best when it comes to food. Like he <laughs> is the master. When we went to that trip at Lake of the Ozarks, and the kids still talk about Paul's omelets. Oh, like, he does have really good omelets. Yeah. I love it. But yeah. yeah, I just everything about your dad when it comes to food and your mom's over there like <laughs> <laughs> she loves him so much. And I yeah. do the same thing to Jack, so it's totally okay. But, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. He'll get two of some, four of others, and that way nobody's short, and then we have way too much. So, yeah, we get okay. a chance to try everything because variety right. is the spice of life, Paul. You know, that's it. right. Yeah. Okay, Samantha, are you showing us up? No, I'm okay. going to the camper, so I'm gonna get the camper food that's super greasy and not healthy and but delicious, yeah. like probably fried pickles and their pork tenderloin sandwiches. So good. Mm-hmm. Oh, they have a cute fried little like, restaurant. Sandwich. Yeah, well, it's like a gas station and then they just cook, but their Aww. food is so good. Yeah, and it's good. like just four campers up, so we go there four a lot. Yeah, like it's like right there. It's so. around the band and there's four campers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> around the corner. <laughs> So. Go past that trailer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Well, thank you so much. We enjoyed having you so much. And we just applaud you for being so brave and um, just being an open book because so many need that. Like there's so many people with filters on, like you said, and um, that doesn't help. So see you next time, mamas. Thanks for listening to another Align Mama podcast. We hope you found value in today's topic. For more mama resources, Go to alignedmamas.com, follow us on social, and join our Aligned Mamas community Facebook group to connect with other moms just like you. We'd like to hear from you. Have a podcast topic? Want to get in touch with us? Want to share your story as a guest? Email us at alignedmamas at gmail.com. See you next time. I can see through my feelings now. I can see clear through my mind. And the secrets to shut my eyes